Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Speech Check. I am Sam. And I'm Matt. And this is episode four. And today we're going to be talking about John Wick Hex, the latest update to Fallout 76, and is gaming considered mainstream culture, which was the question we should have asked. Yeah, we should have asked them, we didn't. We, we didn't, we didn't ask That was them. my fault, I ran it's, away. It's okay, it happened. But, before we talk about any of that juicy, juicy stuff, Sam, what have you been playing? Well, we've had a lot of time since the last episode, so I've actually got a fair amount to talk about in this. Okay. I finished Fallout 4. That was a big achievement of mine. For the first time? Yeah. I stopped doing the story, so I'm in a in an open world type game. I like to do everything else before I finish the main story. Okay. I like to do as much of the extra stuff as I can first. Almost over-level my characters when I come to do the main stuff, where, ironically quests that you would do in that introduce you to like elements and mechanics and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've already kind of discovered those by my own findings. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that was the first time I, I actually finished the story. I kind of knew what was coming, mm. but because because I'm going for the achievements, all the uh, they require you to finish each faction's ending. I was going to ask if that is an offshoot of your completionist nature, or if it's just something yeah. you like to do. Yeah, and you have to optimise your playthroughs, especially in ones where kind of like Fallout obviously has things where there's like points of no return yeah you can stop yourself being able to work with certain factions depending on yeah and it's not through I think the first time I did that was in New Vegas Mm. because I don't think 3 had that 3 just had like a main story and you could either just I think 3 yeah you could only work with the Brotherhood right yeah, you couldn't do. Yeah, you couldn't do any quests for. It's the... only when you got to the very end and you could just choose what to do. Yeah, which then... that was the only real choice in the game that was like good. Oh, could you? You could do stuff in um, Tranquility Lane as well, but oh, you could kind of mess with it on on the way there. But it yeah. would it would it wouldn't change the actual stuff you did. It would just kind of change the way characters acted towards you. Mm. Uh, but yeah, finished that. It was good. It was fun. I did Brotherhood. I like the Brotherhood in that game. I'm gonna say it. I did okay. like I kind of did and didn't like them as much in other games. I thought they yeah. were a bit more morally grey, but I kind of like that because it felt more real than just these are clearly the good guys, these are clearly the bad guys. Some some Fallout fans had a problem with that, with the way that they're portrayed in Fallout Four because they're quite different to the way they are in the other Fallout games. But it, you know they're supposed to be a different chapter. They're, yeah, they're different. Like know. ruled they they rely a lot on whoever is the head, whoever is the elder, and mm. that dictates a lot of as much as this is all just pure lore. Yeah, that dictates a lot of how the Brotherhood act and whether they agree with it or disagree with it. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the game where I'm not like Max is a badass. Yeah, like coat. Oh, his coat's good. His coat's pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, he's you know he he gives us some stern words and he forces you to do a lot of things or orders you to do a lot of things that I was like mm, maybe I wouldn't have handled it that way. Mm. Could be a bit gung ho, but I think like the stuff you get from completing it he like does reward you you're like the highest ranked person in brotherhood below yeah. him and <clears throat> yeah. I think I think maybe Star Paladin Cross is above you or whoever whoever the next guy Lord Lancer Kells I don't I didn't know the names man there's, there's, Lancer was the only guy that mattered to me yeah that, that was what I did as well so there's one there's an achievement for getting a companion up to full relationship okay obviously did it with my boy dance of course just dance save the last <laughs> dance <laughs> any more keep going so the, the dance puns I got okay, but uh, I did flirt with him to get it up because that gives you a, a big boost. Okay. So I was like, I was like, would you would you care for me dance on the battlefield? And he's like, um, yes, I suppose I would. 
So he's like high tier flirting from dance. Yeah, yes, he's like, I suppose I would. Awkward robot synth. I think yeah. the texture was spoilers. like. I'm, I'm about to. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh well, if oh, you haven't completed if, Fallout 4 by now, yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. If I've done it, you you must have done it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I did that. Um, I like it that if you if he joins you, you're like the Brotherhood Heat, you know, and you can't take him anywhere. There's a oh, yeah, yeah. there's a glitch as well, not a glitch, but there's an in- interaction where if Liberty Prime is powered up and you take him to the airport, they're locked in a never-ending battle because neither of them can die. Really? So, it's just forever a small man fighting a huge robot. Yeah, it's a bit one-sided, that, isn't it? Because he, he takes nukes out of his back and yeah, throws and just, them, right? Yeah. Like, just lobs them. I love Liberty Prime, though. He's, like, one of my favourite characters in the whole of... <laughs> if only you could get him as a companion. Oh, that'd be amazing. Or a vehicle. Oh, that'd be amazing. Oh, yeah, if you could ride a Liberty Prime, like the like a Power Ranger Megazord kind of oh, thing. Oh, God. That'd be cool. Todd Howard. You missed this. it there. Yeah, we did. But you're, you're missing a lot of things, Todd. Yeah, ooh, which will come, come to later. That's foreshadowing. That's, yeah. we, that's, that's, that's what they call it. Yeah, in the in, yeah. When you when you do it pro like we do, <laughs> pro being that you don't get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, I did that. Did some things with the nuke arcade as well. That was boring, but uh, it took a while. But there was an exploit around it. Okay. I had to play games at the like carnival games, earn tickets, trade mm-hmm. them in. But yeah, played that. That was good. Um, I bought Game Pass as well. Okay, um, that's that Microsoft service, right? Where you yeah, get so games. for those that don't know, that's basically like game Netflix, okay. but Microsoft. There was actually quite a lot of good games on it. Okay. Um, I got Gears 5 with that, because people were, my friends all got it, they were kind of pestering me to get it as well. Mm. And it was like a pound. For, a pound? For the first month, I think, or two quid. Oh, and I got, oh, oh, okay, okay. And I got the Spotify with it as well. They, they did an offer where you got Spotify Premium. Oh, that's nice. For like that's six months. So. That's kind of cool. Right. Yeah, well, so that was another reason. In that, I played Ukulele, which is like a Banjo-Kazooie spiritual successor. Is it from one of the developers of Banjo-Kazooie as well, or am I making that up? I think there's probably people on the team, I haven't looked at the credits, or, you know, a list of the dev team. Yeah. But there must be people that were kind of involved with it in some way. I'm surprised if uh, Grant Kirkhope, who's the uh, composer, mm. he was involved in some way. Like, okay. The music on all the rare games is always on point. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. always one of the things you take away, but... Or it was before they were made to make Connect sports games. Yeah, um, rip. Mm. Rip rare. Uh, yeah, do you know what, it's... The, it is literally a Banjo-Kazooie game in every aspect, and it's just not called Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. But I'm... I'm the, the desire to play it for me is just not there, mm. and I don't know why. Like, having to get through the worlds... It's like a really like oh. I don't know if because they're too big, or there's a there's a thing where you I know I've got to come back and get them. Whereas I didn't have to do that as much Banjo Kazooie, even though it is literally the core mechanic of Banjo Kazooie is just collect everything. Well, it's it's got its own genre name, right? It's a collector fun. Mm. That, that is the kind of game that it is, and that in the same world. And maybe it's just not as charming. Yeah, maybe it's the you know I played Banjo Kazooie Banjo Two when I was a kid, so mm. I look back on them fondly with with my rose tinted glasses. Are they as characterised as Banjo and Kazooie? They interact in the same way. Yuka, who is Banjo, who's the lizard, mm. is basically like a... He's nice to everyone. He's like a mild-mannered animal. Mm. And then Lele, who's Kazooie, is like kind of a bit hot-headed and... Mm. You know, That's identical, of, really. Yeah, it has digs of people, yeah. So it is literally that. But um, when they were coming up with Gameda, it was Team 17. Oh, yeah, that's literally what I think of Team 17, worms. Yeah, I don't know what else they've done, to be honest. If, well, now ukulele, but... <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, it's okay. I wanted it to kind of be better than it is, but maybe I was playing it 
wanting it to be Banjo Kazooie. Mm. Or wanting wanting to feel like I did when I was like twelve, but you're not gonna get that are you. Uh played some Smash. Been playing well lately. Yeah, as always. Got some, some good GSP at the moment. But I <laughs> I was watching one of Zero's videos. Uh, and he said a funny thing, so he like obviously it's like vaults of his streaming. Yeah. And one person said, "Oh, how come when I'm trying to get my characters characters into elite, I'm not facing like the people you face?" And he's like, "Oh, it's just it's just because it's what happens in it." But it's almost as if GSP isn't a true reflection of people's skill, <laughs> and it's not really, is it? Because it's it's an indication, but it's not a true reflection. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. I've not looked into the calculations behind it, but I assume they've got some kind of. Um, variation on the ELO system, right? It's just like you gain, you gain a lose score dependent on how close someone is to your current score. It's like yeah. it's a tried and true method, but it has its issues. Like no. that's it. Um, Balling's Awakening, good game. Yeah. Like it. It's fun. It's it looked good. I was excited to see it played. It's just a good game, isn't it? It's just yeah. Link's Awakening again, better graphics. That's actually what it is. What, what do you need? But yeah, I enjoyed that. I recommend that to everybody. Pick it up. Yeah. I traded some stuff in to buy it, and it cost me twenty quid. No, that's worth it. Yeah. Uh, did a bit more Gears Four. Did a bit more on that, and then also played Gears Five. Gears Five is just good. Yeah, it's just a good game. If you like Gears, Gears Five is just more more of that. Mm. So, well, I mean, it's AAA quality, right? AAA Studio. It's yeah, that kind of level. I think it was a little bit. Glitchy when it first, like in the first like week, mm. in that, uh, not like to the point of micro microtransactions or economy stuff like that, where mm. people weren't getting resources. It was more like people didn't unlock achievements and didn't oh, so okay. more of the other side of little it. fringe things. Yeah, or like I don't know people would didn't get a checkpoint saving campaign things like that. So not not like the other stuff we're going to talk about later. Oh, but yeah, enough of me. Onto yourself, Matt, what have you been getting stuck into? Well, I had a grand old time with an early access game called Nightmare Reaper. Oh yeah, you Um, did mention this, didn't you? I did, because I was mad about it. got well into it. About two weeks I couldn't put it down. It was so good. I think I spent about 15 hours, and it was only the first world, like early access, I'm still adding content to it. Mm. And I still still got a good 15 hours gameplay out of it. Um, It's... It's like a, a throwback to build engine first-person shooters. So it's tight, fast-paced. Um, From what I saw, it was pure, it was pure doom. Yeah, it's and just that's only a good thing. Carnage, absolute carnage, and the soundtrack is absolutely amazing. Did it have like contextual volume for the music? So if you weren't fighting enemies, it was like down, and then when you got more fighting, it was like. It does that, and it's just I. I loved it. There's, it doesn't, there's <laughs> nothing that feels better. That, I mean, like Doom 2016 does it as well, but it's more like you enter an arena and then the music comes on. Yeah. Whereas in that game, the, the, the maps are procedurally generated. So if you fail on a map, you die and you go back out into your cell uh, and then you go back to sleep and you go back into your nightmares and that's where this kind of thing takes place. And the map will be a different layout. So they, I don't think they can prescribe the music in that way. So instead, I kind of noticed that the trigger was when you kill two enemies in close succession. Then the music starts to ramp up, and then the more enemies that you kill, it gets louder and louder and louder until you've got like heavy metal just blaring in your ears while you're jumping around a map, blowing dragons apart with a revolver that shoots lightning. You see, yeah, when it's from, I think the animations that I saw were like 
if you've got a revolver, you actually cock it back. Like yeah, they've got little... some really fun little like uh, animations in there. So you, you fan the hammer on the revolver, so you're like doing every shot. And there's a you get magic books as well. And as she's holding them in front of her, the pages are always turning and stuff. And then they kind of rumble when she's casting the spells. And it's that little attention to detail. That... Yeah, it's just it's just so good. Like it's one of those games where it it was tickling that part that that immediate gratification part of your brain. You shoot something and it explodes. And they have. Because this um, the, the billboard sprite based mm. um, character design, you would shoot it. If you shot it in the head, its head would almost like break off or tear off and fly away, and then the rest of its body would remain in that two D sprite form, but like bounce around the environment. That's cool. So it's just nice. it like just a little bit more feedback, and like coins come raining out of them, and you're just oh, it's good. And the the skill tree, I want to talk about, because it makes you play uh, like a two D platforming level to earn. Yes. The upgrade that you want. I remember you saying. So you like you pay for access to the level, and then if you complete the level, you get that upgrade. And it, it's like oh, a okay. it's an interesting way to introduce a different pillar to gameplay that like slows things down a bit and can take you out of the insanely fast paced kill everything vibe, and you go into like a bit of a different mode and jump around in some platforming levels. You can you can always pick the pace of your gameplay, but both are furthering your overall progression yeah. in the game. Which I, I just loved it. Like I could talk about it for a while. It was very good. I think that's the thing developers do struggle with sometimes is that how do you mix up the go from like a fast pace to a slower pace, so you're mm. not constantly sprinting, but doing doing that in a non-boring way. Yeah, you have like when you make a game, you have to have a waveform to it. You can't just peak someone and expect them to be at the maximum intensity for the whole yeah. That's not how it works. Or you you have to control how they experience a game, and, it, and it's like a fine art. And that was just, it's just a wise way to do it. You know, they break up the fights in a nice way too. There's a lot of exploration and it's Doom, so you're key hunting, you're looking for secret doors and stuff. But um, that's just another way to do it, where you can pick when you have those downtime moments or you have that more relaxed gameplay. Um, but moving on from that, because I wasn't going to talk too much about it, um, I got back into Darkest Dungeon Ooh. and I'm giving it my all. And it is be brutal and I kind of love it for it. Like, your decisions actually count. You know, we're in, a, we're in a landscape of games where you can do anything and you're kind of okay. All your all your decisions in the conversation tree sort of come back to the same point and you can go any way that you yes, want. Yes, 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 sarcastic. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter what you really say. You can you can kind of... Developers are afraid of giving gamers failure states, so they just don't do it. In a lot of games, they just don't do it. But this, your decisions matter both in the microcosm and the macrocosm. If you make bad decisions for a long time, you're going to pay for it at some point. You have to be like managing different levels of interaction with these dungeons and making sure that you're, you know, keeping keeping everything up together, making sure everyone's sane and able to go through it. And it's narrated by Wayne June, who has the most amazing voice I've ever heard. So I would, you know, if you if you've got a good voice, I don't think I have a good voice. So what am I doing here? But right, r- regardless, yeah, when I hear myself. But I guess that's just a natural thing that you, Everyone's got you're not. Your programs are not like your own voice. But, an absolute narcissist. Sorry, Karen. Yeah, but yeah, to be like Morgan Freeman or you know anyone with a, a sultry tone. You're just, you're just living life, aren't you? We just be like, well, yourself walking around. Don't yeah, you? I'm just gonna. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna narrate my own life and just be a voiceover artist. That's yeah. what I'm just set up to do. I'm, I'm made. I'm yeah, made. people just want to hear me talk. <laughs> but yeah, that's that is what I have been playing. So that's what we've been playing, but Matt, 
you're the man that tells us what's come out. So what has come out? What has come out and what will we be playing Ooh. is what I can maybe answer in this little segment. But I'm going to give you a top toppity tip tipper before we even start. And that's you're not going to be playing John Wick Hex. That came out on the 8th of October. Uh, a little bit um, behind, the, behind the times on that one now, but never mind. Uh, 8th of October um, from Bithell Games, not Biffle. Yeah, I was going to say, is that Biffle? Bithell. I'm pretty sure it's Bithell Games. Bithell's head school. It but. is a turn-based strategy game based on the John Wick franchise. What, what is this on? Is this on mobile? I feel like I've seen it on mobile. I don't know why. It, I think it is for, it's for PC too. I, in fact, I know you can get it on the Unreal uh, store. Yeah. Uh, but it, is, it seems like it's targeted at mobile just because of how low-poly all of the models are. Um, yeah, it seems stylistically like, low-poly. It's not like... Yeah, bad, it, but. it reminded me of like a, a more colourful, like kind of super hot. In yeah, not in the, in the it gameplay style. It wishes it was that stylistic. It really does. But yeah, it's like really kind of take take super hot and like dilute it by about hundred. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, uh, and I, I you can kind of see what they wanted to go for with it because with, with they're trying to represent the player as John Wick, and what does John Wick do? He makes a ton of decisions really quickly, and he's like a badass flipping around, killing everyone. It's all great. So how do you do that for a player? You slow everything down. So you make it a strategy game where you can pick all these options in your own time. And they, they do have kind of, an, kind of an interesting mechanic where you can see the timeline of your actions versus the timeline of every enemy who you can see and can see you. So if an enemy okay. is planning to, to, I don't know, run over and kick you, that will take 0.75 of a second. But if you take a shot, that's 0.25 of a second and that will interrupt them taking their action. Okay, yeah. So you get this, like, almost like a procedural game of chess where you're trying to act first and outmaneuver all the people who can currently see you. And that sounds really good. On paper, it sounds like it would work. Yeah, it sounds I feel like you're about to tell me it, it, it doesn't. It's it's just okay. It's just okay. There, I think uh, there's a bit of dominant strategy that comes into it. And um, they want it to feel, I don't know, like, stylized like the films. You know, the really well-shot, Choreographed action. That like kind of is it gun fu? That was called. Yeah. Or a gun ballet. Yeah, yeah. You, like, uh, uh, bullet ballets. Yeah. It's that, it's that kind of thing that they want to go for, but they just have too few animations, too low poly models, and you, you know, if you run up to a guy and you pick melee, you'll like kick him in the groin and slap his ear, and then you do it again to kill him. So you kick him in the groin and slap his ear, and it just looks crap. And at, at the end, they even do a super hot. It's funny you should make that comparison. They do a super hot where they, they play the level. Like um, in, like, real time. in real time, without the stoppage for your decision making, so you get this like really janky like John Wick, like, yeah, like running around slapping everyone, and like uh, also, it, it's called John Wick Hex because you move on hexagons, and moving in a straight line when you're on a hexagon looks really weird because you have to go from one face of a hexagon off to the side and then back again, yeah, and then off to the side. So when you're not watching that back in real time, you've got a guy at the end of the hallway and John Wick's like turning left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right. Yeah. It's like the honeycomb maze from Takeshi's Castle. Yeah, it's just it's just like, it's a little bit, just a bit jank. Like it, yeah. It's Doesn't not quite flow the way it should. It's like a, a set of interesting mechanics that do work together, but it's just a bit, I don't know, poor, poor execution. Good concepting, poor execution, I'd say. I would say miss it, though. Like watch a review, and if you watch someone play it for maybe 20 minutes, you know the whole game. I know it's what you've got written down. If you're gonna play a game like that, play XCOM. It's a much, oh, yeah. much, much better game. XCOM is amazing, and it has 
it doesn't you know it doesn't have the John Wick style combat or anything. It doesn't have that playback at the end. Doesn't need it. Doesn't need no, it. No, it's just <laughs> it's an know, objectively good game. And they even have those kind of mechanics in the game where you know you see people and you put yourself on Overwatch and you mm. take your shots and you've got a percentage chance to hit them. And it's, it is very much like that. It's, it is very XCOM based, but it just doesn't. I don't think it reaches the bar that it thinks it does. It's not, not that level of execution. That's fair. Moving on from that to a very different game. Oh, I'm uh, interested to hear what you've got to say about this. Ghost Recon Breakpoint from Ubisoft. 4th of October, it came out. And if what I'm seeing, what my research is telling me, good lord. I think I think this might be the death knell of the, the Ubi form. Format. I think even they came out and said this was a disaster. Like when... The own co- the company itself admits this was a terrible decision by us. Yeah, they and just, we blame ourselves. They they made a bunch of strange decisions. They're just some odd. Because Wildlands was the one before this, right? Yeah, and, and that, okay, that, right? yeah, that was that like reviewed okay. well. That people liked it. Generated. It wasn't like Apex Legends jump into the top of the internet immediately. That kind of level. But it wasn't like AAA. I feel like it was maybe like AAA studio, but more the the more like backseat titles. Yeah, I don't know whether it's because of the subtitle, but it felt like it was almost like Fallout New Vegas is to Fallout Three. Yeah, you know, it felt like, like a bit of a, an option. Yeah, yeah. Um, but back to back to Breakpoint, they've shoehorned every mechanic from Ubisoft games into this game, so you have everything. You know, you. Climbing towers to reveal is there, the, is there, the map. Is there, is there a like, map that's obscured by any chance? Yeah, it's like it's everything you've had for the past five, ten years from a Ubisoft game, just all in one place again. It's weird. I remember playing Assassin's Creed One, like Christmas two thousand seven, eight maybe, and I was like, Jesus, this is good. Sixteen-year-old yeah, me was like blown away because it was brand spanking new then. It's, it's it's not new anymore, and Ubisoft needs to move on. Now. I spent like ten minutes just stroking a horse. I was like, good god, this is good. I'm the pinnacle, the pinnacle yeah. of gameplay right it's, here. If, this is, if I'm having this much fun with this, imagine what it's going to be like when I actually kill someone. <laughs> when I, oh. I'm going to lose my tiny mind. Um, yeah, so other other strange things that they they picked for inclusion in this. They've added a, like a looter-shooter mechanic to this game, where you have like a, a gear level for your character that enables you to take on different missions. So you have to reach a certain gear level before you can take on okay, so a more like, advanced mission. It's wanna, quite like Destiny, actually. Want to like storm this castle? We're like, oh, you don't have the right equipment yet. You're not, You're not wearing the right hat for that. So go back to base and try again. Um, <laughs> and that works, kind of. It's a, it's, an, it's a way to gate players. You know, it's, you can yeah. stop people going ahead too fast, sure, whatever. Then you do it with guns as well. And you say like, oh, here's a level 99 pistol and here's a level one pistol. Problem is, you've got a game that has fatal headshots. So, ah. I and I'm playing a stealth-oriented co-op action game. As soon as I have a silenced pistol or even like a silenced single-shot rifle, and the, the game, that's all I need to do. I, I just all I need is intelligence and coordination, and I'm away. It, it it it's odd to put like unique effects on a shotgun when. If I ever use it, I'm gonna get like mown down by the helicopter. You know yeah. what I mean? It's 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 an interesting, potentially problematic <laughs> combination of, of of things. And yeah, it just doesn't really work in in my opinion. You can't put those two things together. There's yeah. no point in having that increased damage or those extra levels. Yeah, just don't have them. You don't have to. Do you have a separate player level? That or is it literally all around your gear? It's all around gear. As far as I'm aware, it's all around that's, your gear. See, that's weird. That they have they tied it to that rather than 
Yeah. And that just strikes me as odd. A lot of weird decisions. Mm, and they, ha they do have other RPG mechanics, so you can pick up skills. And they put survival mechanics in there as well. So you can you have water that you can drink, but you don't always need to do it. And if you drink it, you're like, you won't be thirsty for like so long. It doesn't really matter. It just becomes like an inconvenience. It's not like... It's not actual... something you actually have to manage. Yeah, they just didn't think about what they were putting in. They just wondered how much they could fit in. It felt yeah. like it was just like crammed full of mechanics. It's like a mixed grill of, yeah. of a game. It's like when you go to one of those world buffets. And you're like, oh, there's a lot of food here. Yeah. And all of it's crap. Yeah, you go to in Bristol, go to Zanzar Bazaar, and you'd be like, oh, this is terrible. And I have to tip my weight at like 20 quid. What? Yeah. It's not done <laughs> yeah. anything. He, did, he, just, he didn't even give me a plate. He just walked away, sat me down. No, away. they take your drinks. Yeah. I, I didn't like that place, man. No, it's not good, is it? I've never had a good time when I've gone there. I've never gone, come out there and gone, I definitely get there again. No, my mate once threw up eating rice there. Because like the sticky rice just wouldn't, he was trying to chew it and it was just, it just like turned into gum in his mouth and he couldn't swallow it. And puked. Oh. Great, great time. <laughs> and the waiter was like, 20 quid tip. Yeah, that's an extra 20 quid for the sake. Um, yeah, I, I personally think that this, oh, hang on, I just read one of the notes. So, right, this game, the story, this is, a, this is like a, a good example of, call it ludonarrative ludo dissonance, is what they call it. Ooh. So you have... I've only heard three of those words. <laughs> you have your storyline where you're, you know, this hardened, solo, small, elite team. It's just like you and a few other people and you're going in and you're like fucking headshots and everyone's hyper-trained and it's you against like the many. It's supposed to be about how skillful your small team is overcoming this huge enemy. And for some reason, they give you a hub like an MMO. So whenever you come back to the base, you have about 40 other people like running around with like pink mohawks and stuff, like in all these crazy cosmetics. So you're not doing like, like private what? base? No. Where there's just four of you? Or... But the co-op is only like four player. It's the strangest, I don't, they, so I, I'm guessing. You you what, do I, what do I as a player gain for being in a world with 30 strangers? I have no idea. Can I trade with them? I don't know. I honestly don't know. And even if you could, what happened you... on Destiny is you get people that walk up to you, would run around you, and then dance. Yeah, <laughs> it's I like, what? That's it, all right. It, it's like, but Destiny is kind of. I guess Destiny kind of stuff is a, a little bit too. It's a bit more acceptable because it, it's kind of a bit like that's your in between your actual missions, and it's like there's a bit more of a, a tongue in cheek tone to Destiny. It's, it's set online a bit more. It feels a bit more yeah. skewed to that universe, whereas it's really odd to say you and a few elite people are going in to take out this take massive this, threat. Take this really Look seriously. at all these other insane people that are sprinting around all talking to the same guy trying to buy a, an elite level rocket launcher that does nothing. Like, it's, it's it was just really curious. But yeah, I'll, I'm going to stop talking about it now and say that Breakpoint, hard miss. I'd, I'd watch some reviews on it and just see have about people the mechanics. people been tearing it apart? It's just not worth it. Does it do any of those well, or is it the fact that it's just chucked all them together because, and because all of them exist in the same place, none of them were at well? Uh, I think shot. I think that its core mechanics probably work well. So like the moving and shooting, you know, and you it's it's Ghost Recon, so you can like lie on your belly and stuff, and you've got all this like tactical things, and you oh, sorry, yeah. your back you, like roll over and yeah, you're like, under stuff and all this kind of like thing. the Coriolis effect affects every single bullet. Yeah, right. you've, this it's intense. So they've that's there, that's cool. So the mechanics are fine, I'd say maybe the way to phrase it is the systems are questionable. So your RPG systems, your survival systems, your leveling up systems are all a bit 
what's going on. Then they they're too not... too much of a good thing. Or too yeah. many good things. Yeah, too many chefs now. Or maybe just too many things. Just too many things. Yeah. Just have less things. Yeah. Just... Have you ever, ever known or liked a hoarder? No. Yeah. No, who does? That's why they have no family when you go in they've got like newspaper up to their front door. Yeah. That one's from 1953. It's <coughs> alive then. Yeah. It's when they like get like an old birdcage and they get to throw it and they're like, No! <laughs> I need that. Why? I don't know. I that. get I get that it's a psychological disorder and it's generally from like doesn't it come from like losing a parent or something? Or it's like, like they, they they've lost something one time so they want to keep everything all in the ca- time. In case yeah, in case they need it for yeah. whatever reason, it's that like um, unrealistic attachment to like everything. Yeah. You know? So away from uh, making fun of the mentally disabled, yeah. to uh, grid twenty nineteen. From Codemasters, released the 11th of October, uh, and this is considered a reboot, so it is just called Grid, it's not Grid uh, 4, as I believe okay. it would be canonically. <coughs> Don't quote me on that, okay. um, And I picked this game because there's very little to say about it. <laughs> so yeah. I wanted to full stop this by saying Grid 2019, if you like Grid, get it. It's it's just a good, it's just more of Grid, right? The, the, the driving physics, I can, I've actually I've played this, and You've you somehow they have almost perfectly translated the weight of the car into how you watch it move. So you just really have this this sense of how the car is moving and where the weight is lying at any point. And I didn't really like drivers, but this one I was into it for some reason. Oh, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting for you because obviously, like well, I say, obviously people know this, but you don't drive. So no, the fact yeah. that you got that much um, like positive reinforcement or feedback. From yeah. a driving game, yeah, it's, it's quite impressive. You feel the torque. You just yeah. feel feel when you're like losing and gaining torque. And one interesting thing to talk about with this, besides it just being an absolutely solid driver, good reboot for the series. Thumbs up if you like driving games. Get it. Um, the AI is deceptively awesome in this. They've really put tons of effort into the enemy AI to the point where they remember you. Like if you body check them earlier in, in a race. They'll remember that and they kind of build up these check marks against you to the point where they'll wipe you out at important uh, points. Okay. And everyone has. So they have like a bot personality, kind of like. Well, when I ever think of that, I go back to Perfect Dark Zero. Like yeah. You can set like bully, so they go for the lowest player, or like. Uh, what's it called? Like uh, Revolutionist, where you go always go for the top player. Or yeah. Stuff like that. So they have, they have their base levels like that, and then they're each reacting to what occurs over the race as well. And they can even become. Um, they, can, they can become rivals with each other. The AI, if, if the AI are checking each other too much, they'll start to fight each other. So you can be involved in cross-fighting between two AI and become enemies. I like it. It's just, it's, it's intricate and I wouldn't <coughs> one, necessarily think about it. One mechanic that I'm really fond of is uh, AI infighting. So like, if mm. you if you have two factions of enemies that you know hate each other, if you can just like, if you can choose to not enter that conflict or wait until one has wiped the other out and you go in and wipe the last one out, I love that. But yeah. it's when you go into that, or like one person notices you, so they immediately stop fighting and both turn to you. That's what I hate. Yeah, you you can tell it's like, like we're we're like, fighting because our cinematic hasn't been interrupted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then or our like, script oh, okay. hasn't been interrupted. <laughs> Let's just turn to the player character. But yeah, I would say Grid Twenty Nineteen for any driving fan, pick up. It's just good. So that that's what's come out. Sam, take me to enlightenment. Show me the news. Uh, I can't show you it. I sh- show you it in my words. Yeah. I can. can t- I? I can talk to you, and you can see here my words. <sighs> okay. All right. That'll have to do, I guess. <laughs> God damn it! Actually, no, I can't show you. I'm lying because I can. I'm oh, gonna, I can just look at your notes. I'm gonna, gonna yeah. click the link. Uh, you gonna click the link? What are you doing? Yeah. Oh, I'm cheating. But so I'm gonna start on my nuggets, my my little 
small pieces okay. of Hit me with your sweet notes. gaming newsness okay. that I think are cool. Uh, and we're aware of, uh, I just want to put like a mini disclaimer. I'm aware of the stuff, we're aware of the bigger stuff that's going on in the like the gaming world. But I try and find stuff that's like a bit more underground. Is, is the li- are we on the lighter side or just the other side of news? Uh, sometimes it's lighter. Yeah. I try and get a, a good mix of stuff that's like, okay. you know. I try and give stuff as hipster as it is. I try and give the cool stuff. Okay. But there you go. But uh, I'm a big fan of video game music in its entirety. That's what I listen to a lot of the time. Okay. And that is being brought to the lovely listeners of BBC Radio 3. Uh, there's a new show that's called Sound of Gaming. Oh my could god. Have, could have talked a bit of a title, I think. Mm, it's a bit on the nose, but there we go. Yeah, right. But I suppose that if you're going to pull people in, they need to know what they're going to be listening to. Yeah, true. Um, but it's being hosted by the composer Jessica Curry, uh, who's actually the co founder of the Chinese Room. Do you know the Chinese Room? I do not. I feel like you're going to tell me. They do the walking simulators. So they do Dear okay, Esther right. and uh, Gone for the Rapture. Okay. Which, I like these games. They're good. Yeah. They've, got, they've got a lot of character about them. Okay. They're a very specific type of game. Mm-hmm. You know? I you, personally you, struggle if, a bit with them. But I'm if not you can call them a game, now. they're more of a, an interactive experience yeah. than a game. But, but yeah, that's cool. Um, they're going to appa- apparently cover the entire spectrum of the genre. What, what that might mean, I don't know. So is this like a like a one-time show, or is this now going to be a regular That's a show? Regular show. So regular, regular show on BBC Three, which wow. I was quite impressed with. Yeah. Like, you know, I wouldn't think that gaming, or at least gaming music, would kind of get that. Mm. Even though it's Radio Three, so it's not it's not like it's Radio One, mm. but it's, gaming, it's something in the mainstream, right? Yeah. So, yeah, there you go. That was my my first little nugget. Uh, moving on to number two, I apologise as well if you can hear the clicking of Matt's mouse. Definitely can't. Sorry. Yeah, we'll, we'll get away with it. Uh, Epic have sued somebody. Oh, the surprises? Are we surprised by this or what? Oh no, wait, that's the new one. The next one even. Okay. This is someone suing them. Oh, okay. Because a class action lawsuit apparently has been brought against them uh, because apparently they made they deliberately made Fortnite quotes very very addictive. Okay. Uh, this is happening in Canada, in the Montreal Court of Justice. Uh, they're trying to bring a class action lawsuit against Fortnite. Now, I'm going to say, I don't quite know exactly what a class action lawsuit is. Mm. But what I've heard about them before is that they, they're kind of a bit of null and void. Like, so anyone can kind of bring a class action lawsuit against anybody. Like, okay. kind of, I can sue you. For so it's like a reason. civil di- dispute, not yeah, a legal dispute. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, they claim that Epic Games... Tried to deliberately make an addicting game, saying that saying that the developer had hired psychologists during the development of Fortnite to get into a kind of the human psyche and make it an effort to make it as addictive as possible. Which I'd be very, very surprised if that was actually true. They're describing the role of a game designer. The, the, like you, a, you, the need to, designer you need to hook part, in a player. Yeah, the game designer is part psychologist, and yeah, they probably did try and make it addictive. You know, that's that's. I think ad- addictive is like a. It's the wrong kind of word, like... Engaging. Yeah. Is what like, someone might say. I don't think you... So gambling isn't made to be addictive, mm. you know, like casino games and stuff, but it's made you to want to play more, but I don't think it's made... I don't think gambling wants you to... Or like the aim of a casino or uh, like a gambling institution is to ruin someone's life. You know what I mean? That, well, their goal is to make a lot of money, and I, I think... I, I actually think there's a difference there. Uh, I'm not saying they're they're mutually exclusive. I think there's like 
I do think there are some some crossover periods, and I think gambling's a bit dirtier. There are shady tactics used in gambling uh, to try and like ob- obscure negative odds and make you feel as though you're winning when you're not. And there are there are some things that game designers should avoid doing in games because it, like it can be easy to. to it's like the dark side those. of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. It's it's um, addictiveness versus engagement. Yeah. Like, how can you kind of do it, do, not necessarily on the cheap, but the, the bad way of doing it. Yeah. But, Sorry, I'm not going to try and step no, away. No, it's fine. Step all over me, Daddy. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, but yeah, this, uh, the body bringing the class action lawsuit forward apparently is, re- is representing the interest of two children who are uh, 10 and 15. Where are their parents? Well, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, have re- and between them have played uh, one... 1,891 games for the 10-year-old and 7,781 games of Fortnite since December of last year, so 2018. God. See, I was going to lead in with with the those are rookie numbers joke, but I couldn't. I was cringing too hard to say that after the 7,000. That's yeah, like the the just below 2,000. Like I've probably played 2,000 games of uh, Gears, mm. roughly. I've definitely played, well, we played 3,000 Smash games today, but we got told what we did. Yeah, we got, we got 3,000 games of Smash, so yeah. that's that's not, well, at least for us, that's yeah, not crazy. So. Depending on how, like, if you if you go in, if, like, if you're bad at the game and you go in and die within the first five minutes, yeah, like, well, you could play a game for an hour, right? To, like, give that to me in time, and then I'll tell you yeah. how bad it is. Like, I feel like that's been done in time, uh, sorry, done in games to maybe hold back on the time figure, because maybe the time figure isn't as... As shocking. Yeah, it's not going to be that bad, is it? Yeah. But there we are. People suing people. That's what happens a lot these days in games, anyway. Uh, oh, you know what? I've put the I've put this oh, in the nuggets. I've put this in the nuggets, but it's become a full chicken. It's okay. hatched and has made its way into my main news. Hit me with this one. So let's dive this. straight into in my main. Uh, so this was going to be about Blizzard, but that's kind of the the ship has sailed on that one. It's mm. all happened. Not necessarily resolution. Yeah, it's been covered by a lot of other outlets, so I don't want to tread over old ground. But there's been a new, new thing from a new, a new gem has popped up. You told me that today, and it just stunned me. Yeah, like a knife to my heart. (laughs) So I I didn't get any joy of saying this, by the way, because actually (laughs) I want to like this, and I want this to be a good game. Uh, But Fallout seventy six and Bethesda, they have announced Fallout first. Mm. Which is a subscription service for Fallout seventy six, and it is one hundred dollars and pounds. Okay, a, um, a month. Sorry, for the year or twelve oh, pounds a month. <laughs> like, it's even Christ, worse than you yeah. thought it was. Uh, that's probably not like if anyone from Bethesda, Bethesda here, they'll be like, "Oh, we well, should charge hundred. Oh, yeah, you could hundred. Yeah, right? yeah, there's so much good content well, here. What we thinking? But yeah, and for that, that lovely money, you get private worlds and. I should have put that in quotes, really. Yeah. Um, or servers. <clears throat> An unlimited scrap box. Now, I've not played 76. I know very little about it, but I've done I've done a little bit of research because, you know, like we said earlier, I'm a pro. <sighs> I uh, have played it, and that, this is, that's trash. But carry on. <laughs> so, from what I know, you, you like in Fallout, you play, you kill things, or you go in buildings, you loot, and then you have, I guess, the equivalent, what I would equate it to would be the, the item box in Resident Evil. It's exactly that. Yeah. So you come back, you put the things here, you have your you have your home, you have your house, whatever. Mm. Uh, the fact that it can only hold a certain amount, I think, is garbage anyway. But it probably make you want to make you pay for the upgrades 
That's, yeah. what, that's what You can is. get an even deeper box. Yeah. It's the exact same size and changes nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but you just have more magic room. But yeah, you can get an unlimited scrap box that you can apparently store everything in. Uh, a survival tent where you can apparently just pitch wherever and just have a camp. So break the core mechanics of the game even more than they're already broken. A game centered around survival where you don't have to do anything to survive. You said it, not me. Uh, <laughs> uh, 1,650 atoms per month that you apparently can spend in the atoms store. I have no idea what they are. I assume that's their economy. Just ca- Yeah, it's just currency. It's just their, yeah. Yeah. Uh, exclusive ranger armor to say that... Sweet. Yeah, to say, <laughs> hey, you bought this. It probably doesn't do anything, but it looks that way. Uh, and exclusive icons and emotes. I'm going to go on the record, and I, I apologise for the breaking maybe to PG-13, but I fucking hate icons and emotes. When that's like mm. your selling point, or being like, oh, hey, this is a feature. Nope. No. Do not. A... Don't. I don't want to dance. This, unless it's Paladin, dance. <laughs> just, just give me a moment. <laughs> I don't want a dance, I want the dance. <laughs> give me the last dance. Yeah, that that in of itself is maybe a bit mm, a bit sketchy. Mm. How would you feel now if I told you that it didn't even work? I would feel unsurprised. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, believe me? I could yeah. definitely believe you. So, the, probably one of the worst things, or the worst thing about it, is that, you know, you, you just bought this, you've, mm. you've paid a hundred of your hard-earned pounds. You, you go into a game, you're thinking, right, I'm going to get my private world, I'm going to get everything, I'm going to pile all my, my loot into one box, come out of the game, go back in the next day, everything's gone. Apparently yep, these boxes are just straight up deleting people's items. They're claiming mm. that it's, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a, a visual glitch, and it's there, you just can't see it. That's a smart thing to say, when you've deleted tons of items from people, you probably don't know where to get them back. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, it's just there, you just can't see it. <laughs> that's a, that's that's the that's an excuse that's a blanket excuse for anything, right? Yeah, oh, it's there. You just can't see. Yeah, there's a report you read last week. Oh, you, you, I just, you just can't see it. Yeah, blinks, sorry. yeah. Try these special glasses. What? Where are they? You just can't see them. Yeah. <laughs> God, uh, that hurts me, man. Yeah. They just keep making terrible, terrible, terrible decisions. Fallout seventy six. On when it was first night, I was like, that sounds pretty cool to have like a an MMO style mm. Fallout game where I can interact with my friends. Not gonna lie to you, I hated it from the start. I was. Didn't, I didn't want it. It's fair enough. Didn't want it. But then they've done everything wrong and every. Not only have they made every bad decision, they've made every bad decision badly. Yeah. If that's a thing. Yeah, that, the PR has been terrible and the decisions have been terrible. So it's just like this melting black pot. hole. I thought they were going to start bringing it back because they did the. It kind of started the that way. The nuclear fire, you know, they, they did the, yeah. the Battle Royale thing and everyone was kind of skeptical, but then it was actually quite good and people were really enjoying it. And they were speaking about putting NPCs in and trying to bring up the quest level. And they just absolutely take a steaming dump from a great height on their entire fan base again. I reckon they, you know, they started to get a bit of traction. They thought, oh, this is right. We're, we're gaining some more players here. So I thought, so they've obviously had this probably wait in the wings for a while. Yeah, definitely. Um, and they thought, okay, now we're, we've kind of gained a bit of traction back. We'll launch this now and hopefully, you know, maybe get a bit of financial restitution from it. But... It just couldn't have gone worse. Couldn't have come at a worse time. I guess they're thinking that, uh, you know, maybe people will have that, get that for Christmas or something. But I thought it was already as bad as it could get when people were bundling like Fallout 76 with uh, Disney Infinity in Asda. Yeah, or like, like packets of Doritos. Yeah, you could like get it with a 
bottle of coke. They just needed <laughs> yeah. to get rid of the, the coke. The coke was more expensive than. Yeah. It's. <sighs> yeah, the, the current support advice apparently is to, quote, try opening another player's scrap box on a public server, which may help in getting the items to show up again. I'm going to tell you, Matt, I've got a problem with the word may mm-hmm. <laughs> in that. When any support line says the words like may, possibly, potentially. Should. Yeah. Mm. This should be the end result. Because then if you say it's not, they go, oh. Disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> I only said maybe. Yeah, we don't flame to solve 100% of your problems. Uh, apparently, if that doesn't work, they're suggesting restarting the game client or uninstalling and reinstalling the game. You should not have to be uninstalled and reinstalling games in 2019, nearly 2020. Also, how long has the game been released for? Uh, I want to say a good year. So, what? Yeah. You, you, you weren't thinking about this integration in that time? You've had a year from a, from what you what was claimed to be a finished game when it came out, but we know there wasn't. They, they've had a year to work on this integration, and you're telling people to uninstall it and reinstall it. That's obscene. A year after Rainbow Six Vegas, oh, Rainbow Six Vegas, Rainbow Six Siege's release, it had a complete turnaround and became one of the strongest multiplayer games on the internet. That was weird, yeah. They, well, it was good, weird, but it was like almost it. unheard of. The release, yeah, the, the release was so bad they like looked at it and were like, right, okay, we've got to actually do something here. And they did, they did something about it. They made it better. These oh, Bethesda just. It's just one misstep after another. I love that. Oblivion, <laughs> Skyrim, Fallout 3. <laughs> I love them all. Oh, God, why? Uh, on top of all that. Oh, God, no, please. You've got, no your, you got your private worlds, but apparently, if someone's on your friends list, they can just enter your world. Okay. So it's not locked to you, it's only partially locked. So it's like a, you're always in a friends only game. Okay. So, interesting. Uh, and, and I've just put a, a bullet point and a quote that says, we understand this is not what players expected. <laughs> just like, yeah, no shit. Is that direct from Todd Howard? Probably, yeah. It just works. Yeah. Oh my God. And then, again, so the cherry on that three-tier shite cake. Okay. Uh, they didn't register the domain for Fallout first. No. So someone registered it in lieu of them. Yeah. And it's just... So I'm, I'm not going to pull it up because it's a little bit explicit. You can go check it out for yourself. It is literally falloutfirst.com. Uh, and it's like a fake PR marketing site for that. But it's just being, you know, obviously when someone's like brutally honest, like, yeah. this is a really shit game and we love it because yeah. we're not going to fix anything. Oh, my God. So, okay. I'm glad so, yeah. this is happening. Like, I'm glad that there's, there's recourse. Because yeah. someone, they need to, some, someone needs to go at Bethesda, someone needs to start thinking about how they're designing their projects and someone needs to start rethinking it, rethinking it because it's not working. Tripping over words there. So mad. So yeah. It makes angry. me sad that a beloved series like Fallout, I just don't know how you can go from something, you know, it might divide a few people, but something as good as Fallout 4, I'm going to say it, Fallout 4 was a good game, or is a I, good I, game, I like Fallout 4, yeah. to something just completely other end of the spectrum in 76. Well, they, could, they couldn't be two like, diametrically opposed games. It isn't even like it's just quite a buggy game. It isn't even yeah. like it just had bad PR, just a bad release. It's like, it's buggy, the game design's poor, the uh, PR's terrible, like, everything. It just keeps on giving in a bad way. Predatory microtrans- microtransactions, terrible pay-to-play schemes. Yeah. What, what, what more? What more can you do? <laughs> They're probably thinking, what more can we do wrong? Yeah. Ugh. So yeah, that's the end of that. We'll stop ragging on for right now. We'll give them a bit of breathing time. Um, I had a question at the end of that, but 
That's, um, that's too deep. Yeah, well, that, that could be a question we'll, we'll pocket and we'll put it Yeah, we'll put it at the actual questions some of the time. Uh, the NHS has launched a game addiction clinic for children, oh God, okay. which I think is interesting. Um, it is part of the National Centre for Behaviour Addictions. Okay. Don't quite know what that means. It sounds important. It sounds like they're trying to take it seriously. I mean, a behavioural addiction can be literally anything. So yeah. It, I, There's know. a lot of back and forth of this about what counts and what doesn't. So okay. I don't know if... Uh, I think it's nice that I think it's gaming it kind of is being looked at in that... In, not necessarily maybe the same breath, but I guess the same feel as, you know, people that people genuinely might have gaming addictions that are kind of ruining their lives in some way. Yeah, or, oh, definitely. Yeah, like you can definitely, so. in the same way you can have an eating addiction that would ruin your life. Yeah. Or drinking addiction. Anything that makes you feel good, you can become addicted to if you have very low willpower. Yeah. Or, so. you know, psychological malady. Yeah. And I think it's good that, you know, it's being treated, it treated sorry, with that kind of seriousness. Mm. Uh, it's for anyone ages uh, of the age 13 to 25, so there's quite a wide thing of it. It's interesting they cut off at 25, though. Yeah, you think it could be, it could be a lot. You know, I, like, the demographic for like, what? I think from from 13 to like 18, you have no responsibilities, so you can, you can literally. Well, I used to go home and be like, I'm going to play games all day. Yeah, yeah, that was I, that was exactly the same. And then the key demographic for like Xbox gamers is like 18 to 39. Yeah. Which is, so, so it's kind of interesting that they picked that. I guess you're, it's de- that's the developmental age. Yeah. So you should have like a grasp on your psyche. And I suppose it is, yeah, the, the name of it is Game Addiction, Gaming Addiction Clinics for Children. Okay. So they might have a... An adult's version yeah, of that. So. I guess it just becomes like maladaptive behavioural stuff, yeah. right? You, you, you can lump that in with anything. You can Like, like I said, you can do anything and it'd be negative, right? Anything yeah. as much is bad. So, um, you have access to psychiatrists, mental health experts, Clinical psychologists uh, and therapists. Hmm. I think I'm. I was pleasantly surprised with the you know the mental health you know spectrum of people you've got available to you there. Mm. Like I'm glad that. But not, clear, clear taking it very seriously. Yeah, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. Again, I'm going to ignore the thoughts because we're we're mm. running a little bit over. I don't I don't want to go too, too we went, deep. We went, we went too went, too heavy on the Fallout 76. We did. But I loved it. I loved every second of it. If we were going to go deep on one of them, that was the one to go deep. That was on, the one. So that's fine. Uh, and another bit more of a big one, we've got Shroud, the man himself, has mm. left Twitch for Mixer. He's followed Ninja as of the 24th, so four days ago from the time recording. You know, I was thinking, didn't we cover this? Didn't it be? No. Oh, it's a different... Okay, yeah. all right. So the, probably the second biggest yeah. streamer. All right. Um, he did a Twitter video announcement. Okay. Uh, that was quite cool, actually. It was, you know, I like it that he's... I've not really watched, so I don't really engage with Twitch or streaming in general. I'm, I'm a VOD kind of guy, and I think mm-hmm. you are as well. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I just it just kind of doesn't appeal to me in that same way. Mm-hmm. Maybe because you've got to be there and live when it's happening, but whatever. Uh, so yeah, I've never really watched anything of Ninjas. I've watched a bit more of Shrines because I think like he's he's genuinely incredible. In the he's stuff a really that you good. Do. Yeah, like, I've watched a fair amount of his Apex content, like his, his vods and stuff, and he was. He's like good, like really, really good. Not to say Ninja's not. Maybe it's just his, his, the way that he speaks as well just isn't so like, he's like targeting a slightly older yeah. demographic. I think of, uh, from what I've seen of like more the interview side of Shrine and stuff, he seems like a normal person who's just amazing at video games. Yeah. And I think that's probably a large part of his appeal. Mm. Uh, and the, the announcement uh, video they made, was quite cool. He did like this insane like, 
He like came out this huge room. He put like these like glasses on, like slow motion stuff. And like he got went uh, like right into his science computer. All these all these like neon lights going off. And then like I think uh, his girlfriend just like flipped the light on. That was like what we up to. <laughs> I love it. So he, really he's aware. You know I like that that he's like he's like yeah this is cool but I'm not taking this too seriously. Yeah. Uh, in four days. He's picked up 40,000 followers, so... Nice, nice. Man, I'm sure it'll increase. Ninja's got 2.5 already in the small million. time. Yeah, 2.5 wow. milli. There's milli views. Milli views. Yeah. Um, but saying that, so I initially saw that and thought, oh, you know, Microsoft's going in. They're trying mm. to take that section of the market. Um, but on reflection of the numbers, Mixer only has a 3.2% share of all the stream content. On the internet, whereas Twitch has seventy-five plus percent. No way. Which is insane. So it's not really tipped it that much in their scales. It's probably doing a lot better for them. Yeah, with YouTube as well, with YouTube streaming, it's still seventy-five percent. Christ, I think it's like seventy-five point two. I think. Alpha as well, Project Alpha. Um, Christ, there's a few now. Seventy-five percent. Jesus, I didn't realize that it's so cornered. No wonder Amazon picked them up. Yeah, fair play to them. But yeah, it seems to be a statement of intent for Microsoft. I think it's interesting their strategy that they've gone after everything around gaming other than making good games, which is what Sony have done. They've just gone, <laughs> okay, these studios make amazing games. Yeah. You know, they've gone, you know, they've obviously made mixers, they're in platform, mm. they've done Game Pass. They've purchased a lot of studios in the past year. Yeah. Um, but they're yet to, you know, within a year, you're not really going to get anything out of them from acquisition to making you shouldn't anyway so well yeah you wouldn't think you would games, games take a lot longer than that to make yeah. yeah they've got xcloud which is the the beta project they're working on which we actually talked about if you're a loyal fan you'll know we talked about that already oh yeah one of the three loyal fans out there <laughs> shout out to you um done the game streaming from different devices they've got their adaptive uh yeah yeah. Controllers and stuff. yeah maybe the good games are coming the good, the good first, part, first party titles that Sony already kind of have cornered. Yeah, I think this generation's gone now. The fact they've already announced the PS5, you know, hmm. is Microsoft, the they, they've lost this one, haven't they? Yeah, and then and Nintendo's just doing its own thing like it always does, just kind of ambling along, making crap loads of money. It tends to be the way it goes. Yeah, it makes me sad because I'm an Xbox guy, but mm. I'm not like fanboying. I'm just like attached to my gamer tag. But if I, if I had the money and the time, I would get a PS4. Because I want to play Last of Us, God of War, Spider Man, yeah, Horizon, all amazing games. Uncharted series. Yeah, yeah. There's just there's just a lot of good games on PlayStation. Mm. Imagine that. Imagine having a gaming company and making great games. <laughs> I don't. I don't think I can. No, no. no. And we we, to... we probably should, and we yeah. can, uh, but we'll keep that. We yeah, we'll keep that to ourselves. <laughs> NDA. I can feel the gag in my throat. Yeah. And now we know the news. We do. Thank you, Sam. We are enlightened. We are enlightened from the news. On to our last segment for today, which is our gaming question. Is gaming considered a part of mainstream culture? Sam, kick me off. Okay. It's a hard one. I think that it's definitely become more of a part of mainstream culture okay and I've deliberately put gaming and not video games okay I think 
I'm, I'm including like tabletop and that kind of okay. you know, D&D right. and that right. kind of you know spectrum of it mm-hmm. um, I think as we get further and further into like the generations where you know so I'm, I'm born in 92 you're n- 19 yeah so we're like we're like the old guard or starting to be the old guard yeah yeah we're, you know? we're going up there in terms of gamers like which is a little bit concerning but yeah I feel like the, the younger obviously people get I think it it naturally becomes more a part of like their life from an early age because like my cousin or cousins when they were growing up like they were able to confidently use an iPad you, you from like the age of like two you interact with technology earlier and more comfortably yeah and like you know gaming's just a rang that from the apps the world so like not we probably wouldn't call them games but you know like things like Clash of Clans and you know all that kind of stuff that yeah. mobile centric setup that you've got you're just interacting with those things mm. on a more regular basis from a younger age mm. so I think it's it's just a more natural part of like your content diet like I think like when I came around the other night and we, we watched YouTube like that was I like that because I consume YouTube a lot yeah but to have that as the standard form of watching something I it's, thought it was interesting kind of the, yeah it's, it's a curious switch isn't it into something a bit different um, I think that it has become more of a part of mainstream culture and I think that's to do with the development of game design over time I think that when games were first well maybe not in first incepted but mm. more with video games <laughs> like the concept of a game yeah, in like 4 I mean, million BC the, the, in fact the, oh god what was the first game I know this oh god there is, there is like you can trace back to mm. the first board game which has it's like a, this insane game with a special dice I always want to go back to Go I know Go is incredibly old but it's it's not the oldest game I'll look Pokemon it up. Go yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, the oldest game that ever yeah. existed <laughs> yeah of course we all know that yeah um, yeah like in the 70s and 80s game design wasn't so hermetically studied it wasn't like yeah. really drilled down and taken apart and now you've got people that have a generation of gamers behind them who spent their whole life working on games, making very good games, and learning all these lessons, and they're passing that on. So it's we're like standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah, we're we're just learning from what's come before. It's like any like you know like any other art. It gets better the more that it's done yeah. by the human race, and we're getting good at making games that are easy to consume for lots of people. So like you said, it's natural for someone to have a phone and play on Candy Crush. Yeah, gaming is a part of. Culture. But they're not gamers, and I feel like we. If someone says I, if someone said they were a gamer and they were like yeah I play Candy Crush and FIFA, FIFA. and I'm like <laughs> I'm likely to be into the same same yeah, thing. We know it's it. like you're not though, are you really? Like you're someone who plays games. Like, yeah. You play games. That's yeah. the thing you do, but you're not a gamer. But that is still gaming. We're saying yeah. gaming is a part of culture. Yeah. Uh, on that note, if you're ever at a party and you go up to someone and like oh I like games, I play COD and FIFA, that's the time to just no part of that conversation. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm done. But I'm gonna that's go to the bathroom. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom stand there for 30 seconds. Yeah. So just you think, hopefully move to someone else. Think about what you've done. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want you to I'm going to pee angrily thinking about what you did. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that it's it's more widely consumed now because it is more widely consumable. I think it's, yeah, it's been made with a different intent behind it as well, right? Like initially, games were generated to literally, obviously at the core of it, you've got to make money from what you're doing, mm. as with anything. But it was kind of solely for that reason. Games were made to be unfair basically impossible and have like, like arcade games and stuff, yeah, yeah to have like an eidetic memory 
Yeah. You have to learn a game inside out. Mm. And even the players that are like amazing at it and set world records, they get screwed over because the game is, you know, just, you just can't react that yeah. fast. Yeah. And I guess like, you know, games like, kind of going back to what we said or mentioning earlier, like everybody's gone to the rapture. Is it a game? We're, we're, we're like, tiptoeing on a like, different question here because like, I could really get into what isn't, isn't a game because yeah. I, I, I think that's an interesting study in, in you're playing on a games console and you do buy it as a game but within the what do you define as a game yeah. as media what kind of media you can't, is a game you, can't, you can finish that you mm. can't you can't win at Gone Home or do, Firewatch do you, do you win by finishing by fi- it yeah is that's, that is winning. but then do you, no, you don't win a film yeah, you, know, you get true. to the end of a film, you don't win it. There's, there is there there is a discussion there about what makes a game not a film, not a book, not you know is what is changing. Yeah, obviously, I mean narratively, I know a book is not. Well, although actually, I I collect fighting fantasy. We've got a ton of fighting fantasy books right behind me. Yeah. They're game books. So is that a game or a book? We may never know. The mind boggles. The concentric circles. Um, speaking of tabletop, this is an interesting one. Something I came across t'other day is the role of critical role in making tabletop gaming uh, like cool again. Because you've got a group of incredibly charismatic people who are known by nerds like far and wide because of their vast voice acting credits mm. playing um, a game that they all really enjoy and everyone gets into it and they're kind of bringing tabletop gaming back into public consciousness. They're kind of yeah, single-handedly weird... like... It's a weird thing, because I think generally, myself included to a point, probably in the last, I don't know, two or three years, when people think of, like, tabletop games and board games, you think of, like, kind of the generic ones, so, like... Oh, yeah, like Monopoly. Yeah, like like Monopoly, Guess Who, Operation, Mm. you know, and then, like, the kiddie ones, like, Hungry Hippos and Pop-Up Pirate, those kind of ones, like, things, you know, you play when you're a kid, Mm. but then, yeah, to take it to that next level and apply... The mechanics that you would, or the, the I guess the in-depthness that you would for a video game, for like mm. a fifty-hour video game, you know, applying that in, I was gonna say real, but because you make it real, I guess mm. you get you get into it. It's a it's a narrative that you are then invested in. Any generally any board game that takes over an hour and a half to two hours to play is like a fairly serious board game. Mm. Like I have, well, I've got Mansions of Madness behind us now, and that will take an hour and a half to set up just to get everyone ready to play. Yeah. Like that's that's like an investment board game, um, but yeah, they, they've become mainstream not just because of Critical Role, but that's a huge role to play. Like you said, yeah, yeah they've made they've made it uh, made people aware of it, I should say. And you've also got things like Kickstarter that are making it a lot more accessible for smaller people with great ideas yeah. to have access to the money to make these games to make really good, um, sometimes high concept games. You know that people enjoy. Yeah, you know, you say that, and I think that like. It was, I think, Community, which is a good series. Oh, yeah, I need to watch that. Um, anything with Donald Glover in, I'll watch. Oh, Love Bit of Gambino. I loved him as um, oh, uh, Han Solo, not Han Solo. Uh, Lando. Yes. Yeah, he was good. He was, cool. he was good at Lando. Uh, yeah, there, there's a whole episode of them doing D&D. Mm. To, like, there's one... Is it to do with Christmas? Yeah, it's a Christmas-themed episode. Mm. But I think they, they do it to, like help one of the characters depression or like he's stuck in like a he won't come out of like his fantasy world so they go into his fantasy world by playing D&D and like help him like conquer his demons 
Oh. So yeah. It's kind it's of a, a sweet message yeah. for a comedy show. Yeah, I thought... I, I would definitely agree that it is... It has to be a part of mainstream culture. I think anyone that says that would be of an older demographic. And I don't know how... It's when people are like, I've never played a video game before. I'm like, what? It's, you, it's only older people that do yeah. that. And, you, and the, the prevalence of mobile phones, it, it is rare now. Saying that about um, games being mainstream, there, was, there would have been a time where cinema wasn't mainstream, yeah. right? Have you ever met someone who has never watched a film? Like, in a cinema? I don't think I have. No. And there would have been a point in time where that media was coming yeah. into its own and just, like, finding its legs and developing. And I think this, not like right now is that turning point. I think that turning point happened maybe 10 years ago when it started to just creep into people's living rooms and you'd have an Xbox maybe instead of a DVD player. Yeah. You know, that, I think that was the point where it's like, it, it's acceptable to have a gaming console out in your living room as an adult. Yeah, and like you, people just see it and then nothing will be said of it. Yeah, it's not like a child's toy anymore. It's not yeah. seen as like a waste of time. It's you wouldn't as... just buy that. You could use your kids as an excuse to buy it. But yeah. like, say if you like... I remember my dad bought me an N64. He didn't buy it for me. He used that as an ex- he used me as an excuse so he could also justify buying it for himself. Yeah, like, but you could, could you imagine like an adult having a Genesis back in the day? No, probably not. I imagine it was you know, all, it's like it was all probably geared towards I oh, let your kids buy it. They were they they were geared like well manufactured as toys at that time. They were more like in the toy like sphere, and now they're mm. they're in the tech sphere. Maybe that's the difference. There's a shift from it being yeah. like a toy just uh, one one and one with technology so as we're moving towards more accessible technology accessible gaming what a lovely note to finish on yeah god I got very high brow yeah. oh man don't do that again don't make me think too hard lower those brows and with the end of that we'll ask the next question so Mal what is the question for the next episode for the next episode something for you to boil your brains over what is one of your favourite mechanics from a game? I already have my answer like, prepped and ready. Oh my god. So, I, I'm not sure. But I'm gonna... Do I go historical or do I go niche? I just don't know. You god. can ru- ruminate on it for another period How? of time. Probably like eight weeks. Then yeah. it's <laughs> Let's say another weeks. Time. <laughs> So that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening, as always. Yes. Thank you for choosing to spend your time here with us. And keep an eye out for Vox Ludio on YouTube. It is coming. It's coming closer and closer. It's on the horizon. We just need to decide like everything for the channel, and then it'll be yeah, coming. Yeah, it's not, it's not that bad, though. We're like, nah. we're like ni- I'd say 90% of the way there. We've got content we want to do. And... Yeah, we, we know the common <laughs> concept we want to make, which is to decide on the aesthetic. Yeah, so, which is fair. Uh, but yeah, if you liked what you heard, you can follow the podcast to get a notification when we release a new episode, which is going to be this one. Uh, and if you listen next week, I'm going to play the dog. Okay. That was weird. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to I go back. Where can they find it? They can find it on Spotify. Okay. On Anchor. Spotify now owns Anchor. So if you're listening to it on Anchor, a bit weird. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> just, just listen to it on Spotify. That's going to be the main place we're going to do it. You can also find it on iTunes, I believe, because it publishes there as well. Sweet. Okay. But Spotify, that's from what I know from the metrics, that's where we're getting our main funnel okay. of people. I'm asking that because I also don't know. So. Oh, you generally don't know. I do. Okay. Know. That's great. The more you know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>